Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. This week's episode features Daryl Smith. Brother Andy asked if any of us uh, elders had something to share in our hearts. And uh, I've been thinking a little bit on some things, but I thought, you know, I want to make sure that if the Lord does give me something that it fits in with a theme, the theme that has been going on in, in this camp. And there's at least one or two themes that I can gather. Uh, yesterday, even this morning, we heard about the comfort. The Lord has this. He has you in his hands. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh the first thing, though, was uh, that kind of struck me was when we went outside, and I think it probably struck all of us how our brother was, I think, trying to get across to us, as he said, just be quiet and just listen, that there's a moving of the Spirit, which is the wind. You know, we went out there at first, and I didn't hear anything, and uh, he said, look at the flag, and I said to my wife, the flag's not moving, <laughs> and we all stood around. And uh, But after about a minute or so, all of a sudden you, you heard the wind moving through the, through the trees. And uh, I thought, that's what he's talking about. The Spirit is moving, and it's, it's moving. Uh, we don't see it, but it's there, and it's moving. And that's analogous to what's happening right in, in here right now. Uh, so that, that was kind of the first theme that, that struck me was the moving of his spirit. And the, you know, the brethren used, I remember one brother in particular used to, used to talk years ago, I haven't heard it for a while, but he used to say, the spirit has many moods. And I didn't know what that meant, really. I thought, well, the spirit is the spirit. But the spirit seems to adapt for what we need to different situations. And when the spirit comes... We call that the anointing that comes upon you. And I know the Spirit, it's talked about in the Scripture as different things. Wind is one of them. It's kind of referred to as uh, water sometimes. Last night, Brother Andy said, the river of life is flowing through here. Come and stand in the river. And it was. We didn't see it, but it was there. You could feel it. Rain. Fire, the Spirit moves. So those are at least four moods or personalities that I know of the Spirit that moves. And the Spirit will will come in a certain personality according to what's required. Yes. It seems like um, the Spirit has been coming in the, in the, in the, in the sense of a, a wind here this, this, uh, this week. Um, even last night after that, when you have a certain moving of the Spirit, Brother Andy says, you're dismissed. <laughs> we weren't. <laughs> that was the oddest thing I've ever seen. You know, most of us scatter, you want to get talking or whatever. And uh, no, we just sat there. And it, it, the presence was beautiful. And it was, it was an anointing that was a little bit different. You know, sometimes you get up and jump and shout under the anointing or laugh under the anointing. Have you ever done that? <laughs> you get uncontrollably laughing. Uh, I've done that before. Sometimes there's silence. He gave us comfort and peace, and, and we just sat and just enjoyed it. Nobody got up. Terry said the chains had fallen off, but nobody left. It was a wonderful experience. So the Lord has been talking to me a little bit about Ezekiel lately. 
Ezekiel 34, and that's uh, to do with prophecy. And it it ties in with the moving of, of the Spirit. Uh, the reason this was kind of tweaked in my brain was somebody had ministered on, on something on Ezekiel 37 in our service. Then I went to camp and Brother Prasad is speaking about Ezekiel 37. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? You know, maybe, uh, maybe the Spirit knows what's going on from place to place. It seems like it. <laughs> I'm at my office and talking to a fellow. As I have time, you know, you're treating people and you have 15 minutes or whatever and you get talking to people. And... Uh, the one thing I find in common amongst all people that come to my office, I have a lot of believers, I have a lot of atheists, you have a lot of everything. And and uh, this fellow, I didn't even know he's a Christian. Um, he, uh, We get talking about things. But the one thing in common that everybody is saying, Christian or not, uh, you, after you talk to them for a minute or two, they say, this world is going crazy. I mean, what is going on? They say, <laughs> Christians see it right away, but even non-Christians, this world is going crazy. And they're not just talking about the war. They're talking about there's a strange something happening worldwide. We don't know what it is exactly. We probably know where it's coming from, but it's... Uh, so this, you know, we got talking along these lines. This guy says, this world is going crazy. And I said, yeah, it sure is. And, and somehow um, we got into Revelation, and I'm not sure how that happened. But I, I, uh, I said, yeah, you know... Or maybe he asked me, have you ever read Revelation? I said, yeah, I've read it, but I don't really understand it all. But, you know, I, I've read it. And he says, well, maybe you don't understand it because you haven't read Ezekiel 37. <laughs> and I thought, wow, where does this come from? And so uh, I, I went home, and, and this, was, this was just about a week ago. And so I look up Ezekiel 37. Oh, yeah, it's about the Valley of Dry Bones. And so, uh, uh, so I, I read it, and... Um, uh, it's a lot about prophecy. So the Lord had put some ideas uh, or, or some thoughts about a prophecy in my mind. Uh, how many here have prophesied before? Okay, the, uh, the scripture says that you may all prophesy one by one. So if you haven't prophesied before, stand ready because you don't have to have the gift of prophecy in order to prophesy. If you do have the gift of prophecy, that's that's wonderful, and uh, uh, just always be prepared in services as the Lord may use you with a gift first, and then prophecy will get stirred up, and it goes one to the other to the other. But you know, prophecy—if you're not familiar with it—I I kind of think of it as a reverse of prayer. Uh, when we pray to God, God also speaks to us, but He speaks to us through vessels, which we are. Uh, which he has equipped us with, with this thing called prophecy. And he'll, he'll speak through you. He'll put the thoughts in your mind. And before you prophesy, sometimes he'll give you the full prophecy. Sometimes he'll just give you a sentence or two. And that's when it's kind of scary because you have to step out in faith. And then, uh, and then it just starts, then what happens is the anointing comes. And then it just kind of flows out. Sometimes a prophecy will just be a word or two. But um, I know of... Uh, if you ask somebody in the world, a Christian believer, non-believer, if you ask them what the definition of prophecy, most people will say prophecy is foretelling. Prophecy is a prediction of something that's going to happen, something prophetic, which it is. But there's other types of prophecy, which the Lord has taught us as well in Scripture. Uh, there's prophecy 
always, I've been taught, should bring edification, should bring um, or exhortation or comfort. Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, so there's those aspects to prophecy. Then there's one other type of prophecy, which is in Ezekiel 37, which I think we see, but we don't know. Maybe we need to focus on it a bit more. And that is life-giving prophecy. There is a prophecy that gives life. Now, when, we, when there is prophecy happening, you may not realize it, but there is life being transmitted by the Spirit to others, which can bring healing, which can uh, bring healing to aspects of your life. So, I found the first service, was it the first or second service here, quite interesting. Uh, it opened quite quickly in prophecy. And the prophecy started somewhere over here. Somebody prophesied about trials in life and difficulties. And then it kind of jumped over here and somebody else prophesied about trials and trials beyond our ability to deal with and handle difficult trials. And then it kind of jumped over over here, I think. I'm, I don't know if I'm remembering exactly, but uh, so those two kind of were hooked together, those prophecies. And then another prophecy came about, um, I think it was about, what was it about now? I tried to write it down so I wouldn't forget. Um, well, yeah, it was about reconciliation and about forgiveness. And I thought, how are those connected? And then uh, another prophecy came, which kind of summed it all up. It was about the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart. Let him in. And that there are many doors in your heart. Let him in through every door in, in your heart. And these prophecies somehow did not seem connected until you listened to all of them. And it told a story. It started at one thing and went to the next. One thing will lead to the next, to the next, but it must start by allowing the uh, Lord into your heart through through these doors he's, he's knocking on. And um, I found that in the past, too. Sometimes I get a little distracted if there's prophecy and you start thinking of something else, and before you know it, you missed it. But... And I noticed, I think Brother Mike was standing up here. I assume he was taking notes on prophecy or, or what was what people were saying. Uh, or you're goofing off, I'm not sure. But he was standing there and he, was, he seemed to be taking notes. Or playing Minecraft if you, if you had my grandchild. And, uh, but that is a good idea. because then you, So when we have prophecy in a service, listen for the theme that is happening, because if you listen to one prophecy and another, they may not seem connected really, but you hear them all together and it tells a story that God is telling us. He's speaking to us in that way. Um, So this uh, Ezekiel 37, it's about bringing life through prophecy, from death to life. Many body parts uh, are brought to life and they form a vast army and a nation which is symbolic of the coming together of the body of Christ. His church, which we are. Israel is a type and shadow of, of the church. And this is about, about Israel. This bride or his body is currently on the earth. Unfortunately, though, his bride is a little bit um, in disarray. 
And the body parts are somehow scattered around a little bit if you look at Christianity in general. In fact, you'll even find Christian churches competing with one another to get uh, people. And um, you get even competing within churches, you know, with one competing in politics and so on. And uh, I don't know if the um, bridegroom is ready yet, if the head is ready to marry a body that is scattered, not very attractive, scattered with arms and legs here and there and stuff. That has to come together before he's going to want, before that great marriage will take place. And this move has been founded on prophecy and this move has been founded on that uh, coming together of the body of Christ, which is going to happen, is happening actually. So I'm going to read um, Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. We're in a valley right now. If you go outside and you look, there's mountains all around us. We're in, we're in a shallow valley. Can you imagine if this valley was, um, well, say, see all these chairs piled up here? Say if those were bones, if the whole valley was covered in bones like that? I couldn't imagine. It would, be, it would be very strange. But he was taken, I don't think physically, because he was taken by the Spirit. It, you couldn't walk, I don't think, on a bunch of deep bones. I don't know how deep they were, but you couldn't physically walk on them. So he was taken by the Spirit, it says, in the middle, right in the middle of the valley, full of bones. Was he hovering there? I don't know, maybe. He led me back and forth among them. I don't think he can walk back and forth amongst dry bones. So he, I seems like, was hovering and maybe by the Spirit going back and forth across all these bones. I can't imagine what was in his mind at that time. What did the Lord have in store here, allowing him to float back and forth across these dry bones? He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many of bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Uh, bones are actually a little bit flexible. If you take a living bone, you can take it and you can bend it a little bit before it snaps. It's full of fluid. But a dead bone will be rigid, then it completely dries out, and it's like a stick. It'll just, it'll just snap. That's the stage that these bones were at. They were dead. They were very dead. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Has the Lord ever asked you a question? He asked Terry a question. He said, where do you think I I went when I said I was going to come into your heart? If the Lord asks you a question, be careful because it's a trick question. (laughs) Just to let you in a little secret, but the Lord already knows the answer when he asks you a question. He wants to see what you're going to say, and he wants you to think about it a little bit. So Ezekiel gave a good answer here. He said, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Good answer. Then he said to me, So here the Spirit of the Lord said to Ezekiel to prophesy directly to the dry bones and naming them and telling them to listen. Listen to this verse. 
You know, this seems kind of strange, doesn't it? But this is how life-giving prophecy apparently works. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So he was talking with this prophetic utterance directly at the dry bones. He wasn't just prophesying up in the air or anything like that. He was talking to these dry bones. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. You will come to life. Can you imagine? He he would have to have a bit of faith. Looking at a bunch of dead bones. You will come to life. The Hebrew word for breath is the same word as wind, and it's the same word as spirit. All the same word. He was going to put spirit in those bones. He was going to put, probably by the wind, I kind of wondered how this happened, but I wouldn't doubt that there was a mighty wind that went through that valley as, as he was prophesying. When the spirit is gone from a person, they are dead. If somebody has a heart attack and their heart stops and you know you say they die, well, they're not dead. You know Their brain activity is still going and so on. Uh, they're still alive. The spirit hasn't left the body yet, so there's hope. <laughs> but if the EEG goes flat and they're gone, they're gone. That's when the spirit leaves the body. But until then, there's life. The spirit is a life in the body, which we have not been able to duplicate yet. And I don't think ever will. Uh, I'd like to read John 3 and 8. John 3 and 8 says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. Now this is a scripture I thought of when Brother Darrell took us outside. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. When I've read that scripture in the past, I've thought, you know, you don't know where this spirit's going to go. The, uh, this person that you thought would never become a believer, you know, do you have people in your life you think that's the last person that would become a Christian? Well, they do. You know, and I thought that's, what the, that's how the spirit would work. It's kind of almost random. We don't know where the spirit's coming. You don't know if that guy's going to give his heart to the Lord or not. And then uh, others that seem to be very kind of close to giving their, they could give their heart to, they don't. You don't know where the Spirit's going to go. Well, that's one way of looking at it. There's another way of looking at this scripture as well. You can hear the Spirit through believers, but we don't know where it comes or goes. The Spirit moves, but it's moving through believers, and we don't know always where it's coming or going. Let me explain here. Um, Actually, you can't hear wind. You know, you can stand outside if there's no trees. You can feel it, but you don't hear it. If you're out in the desert and there's a huge dust storm, you see this dust storm coming, uh, you, you can stand there and you won't really hear it. You hear wind if it kind of whistles past your ears, but wind has no sound unless it hits something. Then, then the sound is activated. So it has to hit something. We heard that when we were outside with those trees, you know. The, you felt the wind come on your face, and then all of a sudden you could hear it shh, kind of whistle through the, uh, through the trees. I think so it is with the Spirit. 
The spirit must hit something to be heard. He is the vine and we are the branches. The wind of the spirit can be heard as it blows through the branches of the saints, which we are. So the spirit will will move and the saints become activated and then you hear the spirit through the saints. And there's many types of trees. There's many types of us. You have uh, many types of gifts and ministries and personalities and so on. And the, the wind will make even more of a noise with more fruit on the tree. The more fruit that's hanging on the tree, the more you'll hear it whistle and make noise. An old arborist, Christian arborist guy told me, uh, and I don't know if it's true or not, I've never tested it, but he said, you know, the sweetest fruit on the tree is closest to the sun. S-O-N, he said. <laughs> And I th- and I thought, isn't that? I've I've never tasted that. Brian would know. He's a, he's like a horticulturist guy, but some someday uh, uh, you're gonna have to try that. Even if it's true or not, it's it's kind of neat. <laughs> but there's many types of trees. You know, some of us are palm trees, and some of us are maybe cactuses, or, and some of us are are um, pine trees. And the the spirit will make a different sound as it passes through each one of those trees. And it'll minister in, in different ways. <clears throat> uh, I'll go back to um, verse, verse 6. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So this is now the coming together of the body of Christ. I kind of wonder what stage we are at in this world today, the body of Christ. Are we all dry bones? Are we kind of partly together? Uh, or is there sinew coming? I'm not sure exactly. But um, uh, it's going to happen. And uh, it says it's going to happen. That's how we know. So, verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. The Lord will command you to prophesy sometimes too. Good idea to be obedient. I've sometimes uh, have not been obedient and had a prophecy on my heart, and I'm kind of thinking about it. And uh, then all of a sudden, it, the the anointing has moved on. We're onto something else, and it never happened. Or uh, the Lord will find somebody else obedient, and they prophesy exactly the same thing. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Probably has, because it's happened to me, and we're all made of the same stuff. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones coming t- came together, bone to bone. I looked up, no, I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them. The skin covered them, but there was no breath in them yet. Then he said to me, prophesy, Again, this is kind of interesting. He said, prophesy to the bones. Now he says, prophesy to the breath. He's being very specific here. In other words, the breath, the spirit, the wind. That's what makes me think a big big wind must have come through. He said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe, come breath from the four winds... That's what makes me think there's at least four personalities to the Spirit. 
Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath, breath entered them. They came to life and they stood up on their feet. A vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. You could almost say, Son of man, this is the church of the future. This is the body of Christ, the bride. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are cut off. I wonder how bad it's going to get in the world where some Christians will say that if they lose hope, basically. Therefore, but we know there's hope. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. There's going to be a great resurrection. We already know that, that Christ, the head, has resurrected. We know that this is, this is partly fulfilled so far. And that the body, is, the body is coming together. The body of Christ. Up from the grave he arose. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse... 13. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you'll know that I am the, I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Yeah, this move was built on prophecy. Listen carefully to the prophecies because prophecy has not disappeared and prophecy is no different uh, today than it was back then. There's a a life-giving prophecy. There's prophecy of... If you're not sure if your prophecy is meant to be, uh, sometimes if you haven't prophesied before, you think, is this from the Lord or is this from my own mind or is this from the devil even? (laughs) You know, you you think all these thoughts and uh, just give it. If if it's if it has encouragement in it, if it has edification in it, or if it has any comfort in it at all, it it should be given, or if it has life in it, and uh, uh, which it which it will. So this morning, I don't know if the Lord has prophecy uh, for us this morning. I've prayed that that anointing would be here this morning, uh, if he if he wants it to. Uh, but what I would like us to do is just worship the Lord a little bit and just let him, if he wants to come in as a wind of prophecy, wonderful. If he has something else for us, wonderful. Whatever he has is wonderful. When I came came uh, to the camp, the first meeting, I was dry bones. I didn't seem to have too much. Uh, I had uh, We had driven a long way and uh, took uh, a couple of wrong directions and it took us forever and I, my stomach was full of sunflower seeds <laughs> and I was weighed down and I was dry as a bone and so as uh, people started singing and worshiping in the Lord there was one guy sitting up up there and uh, I was looking around and I'm trying to trying to sing too and uh, I thought can the anointing jump like does the anointing jump from one person to another 
Because when I looked at that person worshiping the Lord, all of a sudden, the anointing came on me like that. And I I just melted before the Lord and and started worshiping the Lord. And I thought, uh, I better respond because if somebody else behind me is dry like I am, uh, if the anointing doesn't jump from me to them, they're not going to come to life either. But one came to, to, to life and it triggered this kind of fire that moved through the whole whole assembly, that spirit. Let him lead us and guide us this morning. Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.